Assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, no football to discuss today, which is uh, pretty depressing, uh, but it is uh, Super Bowl week, so we have that to look forward to at the end of the week. But uh, very depressing weekend with no football, and very depressing that we don't get to recap any games today or anything of that nature <clears throat> but speaking of the Super Bowl if uh, you are interested in placing any bets if you're into gambling or anything like that you can uh, check out Sports Talk with Trops preferred sports books on my website katietrop.net just go to the tab Sports Talk with Trop and you will see a banner at the top of the page it says Sports Talk with Trops sport, preferred sports books click on that and you will see a few selections If uh, you're interested in gambling at all, it's not just on football, it's on all sports. But uh, since the Super Bowl is coming up, I know a lot of people like to uh, throw some money on different things with that. So uh, you can check that out on katietrop.net. So uh, let's get right into basketball since we do not have football to discuss this week. We have uh, the Trop 10 NBA Power Rankings. And there isn't uh, there there is a little bit of movement, but uh, no no really major teams to be discussing this week. Uh, but number one still remains the Boston Celtics. Uh, overall record of thirty eight and twelve, seven and three in their last ten games. Uh, this past week they were three and one in their games. Their only loss was to the uh, Lakers in a, in a shocking turn of events. They lost to the Lakers without LeBron and Anthony Davis, which was just crazy. Uh, but it's just another it's another loss that you look at the Celtics and you go. Mm. Are they for real? Because, you know, the Celtics have consistently, over the last couple of seasons, been a great regular season team. And then once they hit the postseason, they lay an egg and uh, they end up not winning a championship. So we'll see what happens. Uh, But they've taken a couple of L's over the last couple of weeks that you look at and are questionable. And this one against the Lakers was at home as well. So not only did we have no LeBron, no AD, uh, but they got their asses beat at home. But they're still looking like the best team in the league, and uh, they have the best record in the league. They're almost at 40 wins. Uh, they're blowing everybody out of the building right now. So you you still got to keep them at number one, even though they suffer. They've suffered a couple of stupid losses this season. Then at number two on my top 10 NBA power rankings, here they are again: the Denver Nuggets, overall record of 35 and 16. They're seven and three in their last 10 games, and they are just getting stronger and stronger as the season wears on. The injuries, um, they've pretty much recovered from those now. Jamal Murray, he has gone off the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, Jokic is still just doing Jokic things, the triple-double machine. He really just doesn't stop at all. And uh, Denver, they just they just keep playing championship-level basketball, and I'm not shocked that they have uh, moved their way back up into uh, uh, close to the top spot right now. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings, probably the most surprising team at this point, and that would be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 35 and 15. They are 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. They're actually 3 and 1 last week, um, and they got a big win against Denver, their division opponent. So they've really 
they're looking more and more legit as the season goes on. Right now, they're second in field goal percentage, hitting 50% of their shots. They're also uh, third in points per game right now, averaging 121 points per game. So they're really just blowing everybody out of the water. They're beating really good teams, and they just keep maintaining, and they just keep uh, inching closer and closer up my power rankings. Don't know if I'm ever going to be able to put them at number one, but definitely number three is a good spot for them just because they are playing great. They have yet to really have a down moment, and uh, their players are playing really well right now. Then at number four on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the team that is the hottest team in the league right now. They are barreling everybody out of the way. It doesn't matter that they've suffered an injury to one of their main players. They still keep it moving, and that is the New York Knicks, 32-18 and 18 on the season right now, and they are 9-1 in their last 10 games. As a matter of fact, their only la- loss in their last 10 games is to my Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know. Lakers are not in the top 10, of course, because uh, they still are terrible, but they did get some big wins last week over Boston and New York on the road, and uh, they were dominating games as well, but other than that, the Knicks have been dominating everybody offensively, defensively. Jalen Brunson has not lost a step. This guy is playing amazing. It doesn't matter uh, that they've uh, suffered they've suffered an injury to Julius Randle, so he's going to be out for at least the next month. It looks like they're going to reevaluate him in about two to three weeks. So we'll see when when they get him back. Uh, but uh, right now, offensively, defensively, the Knicks are looking really good, and they look like one of the top teams, not only in the Eastern Conference, but look like one of the top teams in the league. Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings, a team that is taking a tumble. Who would have thought the team that uh, got that got rid of their coach midseason would do would uh, take a tumble, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 33-17 and 17 on the season, and only 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. As a matter of fact, uh, now with Doc Rivers as their new coach, they finally got a win over the weekend um, since he's taken over. But they're only one and four or one and three, I believe, with him at coach. And uh, it's just uh, they're not really putting together uh, a good. I don't know. They just aren't looking really good right now, especially on the defensive side of things. They do lead the league in points per game right now, averaging 124 points per game. Uh, So they're still lighting people up offensively, but it's defense that's really suffering. And they just haven't looked good since they fired the coach. And like I said, that's not really surprising because it was surprising that they fired the coach. And I kind of feel like you fire your coach midseason. You're you're asking for some type of lull. Who knows if it's going to be something that hampers them all season long. I would think not just because they are a very talented team. But uh, they're starting to tumble. They've had a down couple of weeks and uh, they're not looking good on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll see what happens with the Bucks. I still expect them to be in the mix, of course, for the playoffs, but I, I don't know if I can look at them and go, this is a championship-level team at this point. Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the Los Angeles Clippers, overall record of 33-15. and 15. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and it's just all about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I mean, overall, as a team, uh, the Clippers are playing really well, but uh, Kawhi Leonard's just been on a tear about the last month of basketball. He's been healthy. He's been scoring a lot of points. Um, he's been averaging near 30 points per game uh, over the last couple of weeks, and they just are looking really solid, at least right now. They, uh, they're not playing too well on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively they're great. And uh, they're beating some really good teams as well, but uh, we'll we'll see. I still am not sold on the Clippers because, as I continue to say, the Clippers actually got to prove something for me to believe in them. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Minnesota Timberwolves, 
overall record of 35 and 15. They're six and four in their last 10 games. This past week, they did get a big win over the Oklahoma City Thunder, their uh, division opponents. So uh, you always want to take that. Uh, but uh, overall, right now, the, the Timberwolves are kind of on the downside of things. They've, been, they've had their, their good moments and their bad moments, but right now they're just kind of having a Jekyll and Hyde week. Uh, but overall, still a really good team. Uh, Rudy Gobert having an amazing season for them, and they're just really owning the paint and scoring a lot of points. And I wouldn't be shocked to see the Minnesota Timberwolves just uh, keep it moving throughout the season. Then at number eight on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Philadelphia 76ers. Overall record of 30 and 18, and they are 5 and 5 in their last 10 games. And this team has really taken a tumble, most most notably because Joel Embiid has suffered his injury. Now it's looking like this knee injury is actually a legit injury. He is going to have surgery, it looks like, on his knee, and that's going to keep him out at least a month or two. So uh, that's, let's see, we're at February. That puts him close to playoff time. So it's a possibility that he's going to be back for the playoffs, but where are they going to be when it comes playoff time? Because, I mean, you've got Boston here. You've got the Knicks here. You still have the Bucks, even though there's tons of questions with them. You've got them. And you've got teams like the the Cavaliers who are on fire right now, and we still have the second half of the season. So what's going to happen here? Um, The 76ers, they do not play well without Joel Embiid. And uh, even though they have Tyrese Maxey, who's playing a a great season, Embiid is their choo-choo train. He is the engine that makes them roar. He is that dude. And if they don't have him, it's not going to be good for them. It's been proven that it's not going to be good for them if they don't have him in two months without him. And like I said, it's a, it, it could be more than that. Um, so, But we're definitely looking towards like April-ish when he would possibly make a return. And like I said, that's possibly. They, they haven't even really said what they, the, the technical injury is, uh, but it's obviously been bothering him the last week. And then uh, they did more evaluation, and it looks like it's, uh, it's something worse, and he's definitely going to be out a couple weeks. So I wouldn't be shocked to see the 76ers now start to slide further and further back, and we may not even be discussing them playoff time. And it sucks just because... You know, Embiid's been a fantastic player his entire career, but this is just the theme of his career. He has a great start to the season, then some injury takes him out, and uh, it just never comes to fruition. And it just sucks because you'd really like to see the guy have a nice playoff run and at least make a run for a championship. And so far, it just doesn't look like that's going to be in the cards for him uh, for yet another season. But obviously can't count him out completely yet because, like I said, it's Looking like two months at right now at this point, but uh, it's not looking good right now. Then at number nine on my top ten NBA power rankings of the Cleveland Cavaliers, overall record of thirty-one and sixteen. They are nine and one in their last ten games, and they are currently on a five-game winning streak. Uh, they got Darius Garland back last week, which was huge. They were already streaking, already on a nice winning streak, already playing great, and then they get Garland back, who's really solid on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Jarrett Allen, he's been great on the defensive side of the ball. And then, of course, you've got Donovan Mitchell, who's just, who's just been lighting it up the last couple of weeks. So the Cavaliers, I'm expecting them to actually start surging here, especially now that the 76ers look like they are going to start falling back. And now rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings, speaking of teams that are surging, the Phoenix Suns. Overall record of 29-21, and 21, they are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. And uh, these last, this last couple of weeks, 
their game, their wins have been complete blowout wins. They haven't even been close. And uh, they did that last night in uh, Washington against Bradley Beal's old team. And really, ever since Bradley Beal came back from injury, this guy has been, uh, he's been scoring out of the building. He has not looked like he's lost a step. Then, of course, you've got Durant and Booker, who are also having phenomenal seasons and really just going off. So offensively, the Phoenix Suns have no problems, especially when these three are healthy. It's just the defensive side of things. But hey, if they keep this up, uh, they're definitely a good team. And you know, they've got Durant, who's got the championship caliber um, or the championship pedigree behind him. So um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see this Phoenix Suns team really put it together now that they are healthy. And uh, if they maintain that health and if Bradley Beal really just keeps this going, this is going to be a pretty, uh, pretty unstoppable Phoenix Suns team, that's for sure. And then uh, speaking of a team we really haven't been discussing much this year because they've uh, had a pretty terrible year, that would be the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but uh, it is, we've got to talk about it, uh, Steph Curry added to his already amazing career resume and also just a year where we have been seeing dudes drop 70 points and 60 points and 50 points. Well, Steph decided to add to that, and he dropped 60 points, unfortunately, in an overtime loss against the Atlanta Hawks. They lost 141-134. Uh, you know, it was a big game from Steph. He really, uh, he really brought the team back. And then they went into to overtime, and uh, Atlanta just went off for an 11-0 run and just really never looked back from there. So unfortunately, the game was kind of hampered down by the loss, but still got to bring it up because, you know, Steph is that dude. Um, he's already got a, a great resume as it is, so dropping 60 points, just add that in there. But uh, like I said, it's just been one of those years where, we, where we've already seen a couple of 70-point games and a couple of 60-point games and a couple of 50-point games. So... Guys are scoring out the building, and now Steph was like, I got to join y'all. But unfortunately for him, it was in a loss, and uh, that's just the continuing theme for the Golden State Warriors this year. Not a very good season, but hey, Steph continues to be the dominating bright spot, as he always is. And uh, now that uh, we don't have football to discuss anymore, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start, uh, since we're getting near March Madness time, we, it's February, so we have about a month month and a half until we get uh, get to uh, not only March Madness, but also the uh, the tournament, uh, the championship tournament games. Those are always, always fun. So we're getting to some really competitive basketball, college basketball right now. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, now every Monday we're going to go ahead and start uh, uh, talking about the uh, top 10 uh, rankings in college basketball. So this week we have uh, UConn, who is number one. They are 20-2 and two on the season and actually currently on a 10-game winning streak. So they are obviously one of the best teams in college basketball and have maintained that all season long. And it's it's crazy because, you know, UConn used to be one of the most dominating college basketball uh, programs in, in the country. And then they fell off for what feels like probably about five-ish, uh, maybe even longer than that, years. And now all of a sudden here they are back again and uh, looking looking like they're in championship form. Then at number two this week, we have Purdue. They are 21-2 and two on the season, and they are playing excellent basketball, have been playing excellent basketball all season long. Then at number three, we have North Carolina. Uh, speaking of another team who's made a, a nice little solid comeback, you know, they had a little bit of a lull. Uh, they are 18-4 and four in the season, but they did lose this week, breaking a 10-game winning streak, so they are still having a, a great season, but uh, they did lose, the, lose this week. 
Then at number four, moving up four spots, Kansas. They are 18-4 and four on the season, and the reason why they moved up is because they got a big win over Houston this week, who drops down to number five. They are 19-3 and three on the season and actually got pushed to the brink by my Texas Longhorns. It was a loss by the Longhorns, but man, the Longhorns actually really took it to them, and I was really shocked at how well they played against them, but... Uh, Houston's kind of shaky right now, so we'll see if they're able to uh, to keep it up. But they got blown out by Kansas. Then at number six, we have Tennessee. They're 16-5 and five on the season. Uh, moving up a couple spots to number seven this week, Marquette. They're 17-5 and five on the season. Uh, moving up a couple spots to number eight, Arizona. They're 17-5 and five on the season. Moving down uh, is uh, Duke to number nine. They're 16 and five. And then rounding out the college basketball top 10 rankings, Illinois at 17 and five. All right. And uh, since we don't have a lot of NFL to discuss, there are a couple of uh, NFL related news topics going on um, since the NFL draft is going to be in a couple of months. Um, the number one prospect and has been the number one prospect actually for the last couple of years is uh, quarterback at a USC, Caleb Williams. Obviously, the, the, he should be the top pick. I mean, just uh, full disclosure, if the Cowboys were able to trade up and somehow magically get Caleb Williams, I would be all about that, but I know that's not going to happen. Uh, but I'm just saying that's how good I think the dude is, or at, at least that's what he looks like he's going to he he plays really well he's played well he played well with Oklahoma he played well with USC he he just looks like the real deal and so like i said if the cowboys were able to move up and get him that'd be fantastic but i doubt that's going to happen but there's been some uh some talk that Caleb Williams doesn't really want to go to the team with the first overall pick and that would be the Chicago Bears they do have the number 1 overall pick they actually do have two uh, top 10 picks this year. They've got one, and I believe the sixth or seventh pick. They're, they're up, and the, they've got two top 10 picks, so they're they're sitting pretty. But unfortunately for them, Caleb Williams is making it known, at least so far, that he does not want to be drafted by the Chicago Bears. Now, he hasn't outright said it, um, but his dad kind of alluded to it, I want to say, like the last month of of the college football season. He was kind of alluding to that... You know, Caleb's kind of looking at his options, and his father's been kind of his mouthpiece um, throughout his college career, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just pointing out that this is a guy who kind of has insight, and if he's thrown out those feelers, it's probably true, um, because you don't, before a draft, you don't want to go out there and say, ah, I'm not going to go to you, but he would not be the first uh, quarterback to do that. As a matter of fact, we've had it happen twice where, uh, the, you know, they just didn't want to go to the uh, the team that they were projected to go to. And, y- you know, you can't blame them because where you go, it will determine how the rest of your career goes. Because if you end up with some shitty coach, some shitty organization who just isn't usually known for winning, chances are your career is going to turn to shit, and that's not what anybody wants to go into the NFL being. Everybody wants to get drafted in the NFL, be the greatest of all time, and they all want Super Bowls. They all want endorsement deals. They all want to be the best because to be the best means you make the most money and you go down in history, and, of course, who if, you, if you're playing at that level, you just want to be the best. So it's been there's been major rumblings that Caleb Williams does not want to play with the Bears. Like I said, he has not announced he doesn't want to be drafted by the Bears. He has not 
outright said it, but you could just tell that's where we're going. And like I said, this did this has happened twice before. Once it happened with uh, John Elway. Um, God, who was going to draft him? The Cleveland Browns? Was it going to be the Browns who was going to draft him? Um, regardless, Elway actually had his um, his options open. He was able to, he, he, he could play baseball if he wanted to. So basically that's what he was threatening. Um, he didn't want to be drafted. I'm pretty sure it was the Browns. Almost positive it was the Browns. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Didn't want to go there, and then he ended up, you know, uh, getting drafted by the Broncos. So that all worked out for him. Obviously, uh, had a Hall of Fame career, won a couple of Super Bowls. Um, so worked out for him. And then uh, later down the line, of course, Eli Manning did it, Peyton Manning's brother. And uh, he did not want to be drafted by the San Diego Chargers. And he actually did end up getting drafted by the San Diego Chargers. But what would happen is in draft, he would get traded to the New York Giants, who drafted Phillip Rivers. And basically, they just swapped the picks and um, Eli would end up in New York, which worked out for him because he would also win a couple of Super Bowls. And um, Philip Rivers would end up winning nothing. And, uh, you know, while the Chargers had their moments, they never won anything. And it kind of looks like the right move that Eli did not go to the San Diego Chargers at the time. And so now it's sounding like Caleb Williams is kind of posturing for that. Um, with the Bears, who knows what they're going to do because they do have Justin Fields. But it kind of seems like they're going to be moving on from him, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them for doing so. Um, but since they've got the two top picks, I wouldn't be shocked to see them traded at, traded away um, for, at some point between now and the draft. But also at the same time, really difficult to be passing up such an excellent prospect like Caleb Williams. Now, this is a very stacked quarterback draft. So maybe you do trade it away or maybe you just swap quarterbacks like they did with Eli and uh, Phillip Rivers before. But I kind of feel like since uh, we're headed towards the uh, the offseason, I mean, it is the offseason for everybody but the Chiefs and the Niners at this point. Uh, but uh, draft talk is going to be uh, really uh, in high gear here in the next week or so. And so I'm expecting Caleb Williams to probably pretty soon start making it known that he doesn't want to be drafted by the Bears. And we'll see what happens there. But looking looking like some offseason drama between Caleb Williams and uh, not wanting to be drafted by the Chicago Bears. And you can't really blame him either. I mean, the Bears are not known for being an offensive uh, team. Um, I do think they've they've got uh, quite a few picks to go after, but I mean they've never been known for developing quarterbacks. Uh, they don't really have that great of a coach there. They have a they have an unproven GM there, and it's just a team that uh, they've got no uh, no receivers, a terrible offensive line, an okay ground attack. I mean, most of their ground attack was from Justin Fields, so you can't blame Caleb Williams for not wanting to go there, but. You're probably going to some shitty team, dude, because that's why they're all at the top of the uh, the draft. But we'll see what happens. But it's definitely going to be some uh, drama to be looking out for for these next couple of months heading into the draft. Um, there was some breaking news before, uh, right before I started recording the podcast, and that is uh, the the NFL did announce this year we are going to have a uh, NFL game officially for the first time in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and it was announced that the hosting team for that is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And in even more exciting news is it's going to be in week one on a Friday. So not only do we get the Thursday night opener, but then we get a Friday night 
football game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, the Eagles are the hosting team. <clears throat> we do not know who they're playing against. I, I guess they're going to announce that uh, more clo- uh, closer to uh, when they release the uh, the actual regular season schedule. But for sure, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be there. For sure, it's going to be during week one. And for sure, it's going to be the first time we're going to have Friday night football week one to start the NFL season. So how fucking fantastic is that? And then, of course, we have uh, the other international games uh, all not set, just the hosts are set. We have uh, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Jacksonville Jaguars will all be hosting games in London. And then we have the Carolina Panthers who will be hosting the Munich-Germany game this year. So uh, that's uh, that's some great off-season stuff we're looking forward to with football. And uh, enjoy the rest of the week of sports, and I will be talking Super Bowl on Friday. <laughs>